Welcome back to the Melbourne Coffee Culture Podcast. I'm Jonathan and I'm officially declaring specialty coffee a mature market. Specialty coffee is no longer a niche. In Melbourne in particular, it is a mature market flooded with heaps of competition, a lack of innovation and the market has reached equilibrium. I must say there are innovations of sorts in the last five years we've seen a complexity and an array of different milk options being added to coffee we've seen complexity and an array of different machinery there is a complexity and an array and almost a confusion in every area of the market there's a niche for every type of retail. There's a niche for every type of coffee delivery. There's a niche for coffee training and coffee machines. There's a niche for um, all of the different products that go along with coffee. And what we're finding is it's just basically bringing confusion to the market. None of these niches are really developing into ongoing trends other than possibly automation and mobile delivery. But let's talk a little bit more as we get into this episode. From the layperson's perspective, Melbourne coffee is growing. More and more people are opening cafes and people are seeing lots of innovation. But when you look at a macro level, the market has reached maturity and it's starting to plateau. There are many closures in retail. Many franchises are closing down. Many retailers are failing. Profit is at an all-time low. And what's happening in specialty coffee is there's confusion in the market. If you look at the actual offering of an average cafe, they're doing coffee, they're doing matcha tea, they're doing powdered chai, they're doing fresh chai, they're doing cold brew, they're doing hot brew, they've got pour overs, they've got batch brews, and they've got almond milk, soy milk, oat milk, um, full cream milk, unhomogenized milk, rice milk, and of course, lactose-free milk. You add to that the fact that baristas are considered professionals, and they are, but they're paid usually $25, even $30 an hour. And so it's becoming very difficult. And I think quantitative easing, you know, in terms of international monetary um, adjustments has caused an inflation in capital. And the result of that is the retail premises have a lot of price pressure on their rent. Um, due to the fact that the people who own the building have this inflated property price at the moment. You know, a small retail shop in Collingwood or Clifton Hill is worth $5 million. It just makes no sense for the owner, the landlord, to rent that space out for any less than, you know, $2,000 a week. Um, it's just crazy. So what you're seeing is many, many closures. And I predict this winter we're going to see the most closures in the last five years.
I also want to say that there is innovation in a mature market, but it doesn't add value to the overall market. The market I'm talking about really is retail. Now, there's been a lot of innovation in terms of products, you know, whether it's the Acacia scale uh, back in 2013 or the Barista Hustle, you know, milk jugs or VST baskets or the new Puck Press or the Uber Milk Frother. Um, There's a whole bunch of science around water and additives to water. These things are great, but they're only affecting, you know, 0.1% to 1% of the market, depending on the product. You know, you can get a keg of coffee delivered to your office, but you you can also get um, like a wine cask of cold brew delivered to your office, but you still can't really get a coffee delivered to your home. You know, there's about 50 subscription services to get um, coffee delivered to your home um and they're pre-ground or they're they're whole beans and but again no one's really penetrating the market there's not much innovation so there's all of this noise and there's all of this energy and yes um for the maybe ultra specialty sort of fourth wave coffee people who are freezing coffee beans um you know baristas and roasters yes all of this innovation is exciting but it's not really um, adding value to the market it's creating fragmentation stagnation and in a mature market there really isn't any growth um, and there really isn't any um any value added to the customer i think customers are confused they don't really know what to do and they're starting to switch off and that creates this polarization in the market you you have these you know ultra specialty stores that literally have the best coffee in the world direct trade farm to cup you know um, sustainable um, biodynamic all that stuff and yet they're empty, they're not busy. And then you have 7-Eleven, which is doing 110 kilos of, you know, commodity-grade coffee, um, you know, next door for $1 a cup. And so the customer has sort of, and at least the retail customer, has sort of given up um, the hunt that comes with a uh, a growing um, and growth market. Uh, you can get a great coffee in more places than ever before, and you can get every possible type of coffee. You can get coffees and donuts, coffees and bagels, coffees and meat pies, coffees and coffee. Um, you know, there's there's all these different options, and it's adding um, just complexity and confusion to the market. So what do you do if you're a consumer and what do you do if you're a retailer and what do you do if you're an innovator and you're developing products and services? So for the consumer, I'd say this is your heyday. You know, right now we're, um, you know, post-election in Melbourne, in, in Australia, um, there's still a whole bunch of uh, competition in the market. Um, while it's a mature market, uh, there is t- 
technically growth in terms of GDP, in terms of forecasting. If you have a listen back to previous episodes where I went through the IBIS industry report, you'll see that there is technically 1% growth for coffee and for hospitality and retail um, at the moment, which is better than a lot of industries. Um, but as a consumer right now, you know, you can walk out of your house and get a great coffee for a really cheap price. I think that we're going to, I think that time's going to end. I think population, uh, uh, projections to increase in Melbourne along with a, um, bad and struggling, um, transport network in Melbourne, um, and a whole bunch of other factors, you know, a potential economic downturn, a recession, the U.S. elections, a lot of uncertainty in 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 you know politics and ec- economics and government, um, as well as the mature market and all of the confusion. I'm predicting that um, we're going to find that people are going to uh, find that their local you know cafes are going to start to close down. They're going to start to have less choice. If they don't close down, they're going to change hands. Quality is going to drop. Um, I don't think we can sustain the peak sort of you know, heightened um, quality and accessibility that we've had for the last five years. I think we've come to the end of peak coffee in Melbourne. I think we're just going to see more closures, uh, more complexities and more cost cutting and more pressures on ownership and um, and retailers to, to, to cut quality and to cut corners. Um, for the um, for the retailer, um, I'd be encouraging you to focus on your core competencies. Uh, what are you really good at? You know, are you really good at customer service? Are you really good at your food items? You know, is coffee, um, you know, eighty percent of your sales, or is it only really fifteen percent of your sales? And I'd encourage you to focus on your core competencies. I'd also encourage you to consider objective coffee um what i mean by that is you may have a roaster who uh, has a big brand and maybe they're charging you a whole bunch of money for for coffee um but if you actually taste side by side with um, a cheaper roaster you might find that you're actually better off um you know saving ten dollars a kilo and investing in some some staff training and some other things with that excess money. What I'm saying is um, there's enough science and competition in the wholesale front for retailers to be able to negotiate better prices with their wholesaler, uh, better prices with their milk um, distributor and a whole bunch of other factors to and actually be able to offer a better coffee at a lower price. Um, I'd be encouraging them to look at that and to consider long-term cost um, reductions that don't affect quality. Um, I'd also um, recommend jumping on the bandwagon with uh, the food delivery market and also the online purchasing services that are available, whether that's Skip or Hey You or um, there's a new couple of new ones, uh, Revolution or something. Um, I'd be getting on to, to all of those other... Um, sales funnels for your retail environment and um, just yeah look after just it's going to be hardcore old-fashioned customer service and and management good management and uh, to survive the next you know six to 18 months 
looking bleak. Next uh, chapter. <laughs> um, if you are an innovator, again, I would say that there is a lack of innovation around services, um, especially outside of the retail market. I think that, as I said, coffee's reached maturity and you're going to find that um, every kind of niche and ultra differentiation is, has occurred in the retail environment. It's not to say that there's not um, opportunity, and I think there is opportunity in automation in the retail environment. I'm not talking about, you know, robots necessarily, but I am talking about um, significant labour cost reductions through automation. I'm happy to talk to you about that um, if you're interested. But uh, what I'd be suggesting is uh, looking at the corporate market, you know, there's, again, kegs can be delivered, um, you know, coffee carts can be delivered, but there's really not much innovation around the corporate coffee experience and corporate coffee delivery. Um, so again, in, in terms of augmentation of product um, by use of a service for the corporate market, I definitely think that's an option. Um, if you look at the US, that's a huge market um, installing you know, kegs and cold drip coffee, doing activations and training, doing team building days, um, yeah, doing coffee tours, farm visits. There's so much opportunity for um, product service um, augmentation in the com commercial and, and corporate market um, in coffee. And uh, also around services is the food delivery market. I just think that there's so much more opportunity. You can get a burger delivered, you can get pancakes delivered, you can get you know, fish and chips delivered, but you can't really get a specialty coffee delivered to your home. So I'd definitely be, su be suggesting um, services is the way to go in terms of innovation. Thanks so much. I'm Jonathan. I'd love to hear your feedback on today. And these are my musings as a coffee consultant and barista and specialty coffee roaster and startup founder and failure and all sorts of other things in 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 coffee. So it's great to bring you guys um, what I'm sensing on the pulse.